Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 77 of the Crochet Circle podcast. I was going to put on a lovely, bright, colourful summer dress for you all today, um, and I got out of the shower, and although it is the 31st of May, there were hailstones outside, and I was like, no, no, I'm... <laughs> I'm not wearing a dress today, it's too cold. So the woolly jumper came back out of the um, wardrobe and I've got my big fluffy, fluffy sheep slippers on and the cat is currently, Pom Pom is on his new favourite chair underneath, on top of four layers of Icelandic blanket and underneath four layers of Icelandic blankets. Just totally cocooned and he's all warm. And you won't be able to hear him, but he is snoring. He does this little <coughs> kind of a noise, which sounds disgusting, but actually it's really cute. So he's snoring away, quite the thing. So you probably won't see him today. Right. Shall I crack on with what I've been up to over the last month? Um, let's start with a few finished objects. Um, I tidied up my stash the other day. I um, had to go through for different bits and pieces and I found some deep, deep stash that I'd kind of set aside and it's Rowan Alpaca Chunky. I've had this for ages and I don't think I specifically bought it. I think I went through a period where um, I got lots of random balls of bits and pieces and I used to be a Rowan member and I think one of the balls came through with that because they used to send you out wool and um, I somehow ended up with two balls from separate occasions of their exact same yarn. So it's um, alpaca chunky. I'm really sorry, I can just hear that boy snoring. It's very funny. Um, it's 70 metres for 100 grams so it really is a chunky weight of yarn. Um, and it is 98% alpaca and 2% polyamide. What's interesting about this is it's um, like a chain yarn. It's got a chainette structure to it. And so it's quite quite dense, but also it's, it's actually quite um, airy as well. And I wanted to just make something simple up with it because I had two balls and I wanted to use every last bit of those two balls and have no wastage. And... Um, I have a black cowl that I bought ages ago and I, can't, I now can't find it. And I used to use it for out in the garden and for decorating. So it was just really, um, it was quite a big cowl that just sat really nicely around my neck, kept my neck warm when I was out and doing stuff. And so I wanted a bit of a replacement for that. And so that is what I made up in this dark grey natural, it's undyed, this alpaca um, fibre. So, for those of you who are looking, you'll see that the stitch has a kind of a diagonal effect to it, and you might not recognise it. And what it is, if I turn it, what should be the right side out, is it's actually linen stitch, which also gets referred to as granite stitch, tweed stitch, all sorts of stuff. The beauty of linen stitch is if you work it in the round, you get a normal looking linen stitch. If you then turn it to the wrong side, the stitches present themselves 
on a diagonal it looks completely different and I actually prefer it on the diagonal so that's why I chose the um, the linen stitch it's also a really handy stitch to use if you just want to use up an amount of yarn because um, you can work it in a spiral and it doesn't matter how many stitches you use and so long as you start with an even number of chains you can just keep on working in a spiral round and round and round so it's a great one for just busting up um, some of your stash so it fits really nicely around my neck it's lovely and warm I can have it taller at the back and double it over for the front so that I can actually see and it is really nice and warm um, so it probably took me maybe two, two and a half, three hours I was doing it as a bit of a palette cleanser um, every single scrap used out of the 200 grams and I was using an 8mm hook for that so I made it a little bit denser I think that it suggests yeah the label suggests a 10mm hook, but I don't know where mine is and I couldn't be bothered to go and find it. So I went and found my trusty 8mm hook, which Haley made me in Canada. She went scrabbling up um, a birch tree to cut a branch to be able to make me a crochet hook from it. So I was using Haley's um, wooden crochet hook and made this little cowl from it. So, no pattern available. But basically, use an even number of stitches, create a chain the size that you want it to be, and then a linen stitch is such a simple stitch, is literally double crochet, single crochet in um, US terminology, chain one, skip the next stitch or chain, double crochet in the next, chain one, skip crochet or chain, double crochet into the next. And then in the next round up, you're just putting your double crochet into that chain space that was created creating another chain, skipping one, double crocheting into the next chain space. So you're always creating this chain space and then the next round that's where your next stitch goes into your next double crochet. Such a lovely rhythmic stitch to use and it makes your, um, I think it makes your yarn go quite far because that chain isn't as yarn hungry as a double crochet and whilst working into the chain space in the row below does bring the row height down a little bit um, it's not by much and so great way of just using up stash without formal um, pattern you can do the same for flat pieces for like rugs and stuff it's just a really good usable stitch that makes your um, your yarn go quite far if I had done this in the flat I would not have got this diagonal um, effect that I've got going with the stitches only works when you do um, linen stitch in the round because you're kind of always moving your stitch around to the left a little bit if you're a right-hander. Your um, placement is always moving forward and so it presents diagonally on the other side. Right, so that was my little palette cleanser because I'm in the middle of a, a jumper. So um, I just wanted something that was quick and usable and um, used up a bit more of my deep stash which I'm trying to work through because and also still adding to but no whatever I enjoy it um so that is my crocheted finished object and the other thing that I wanted to show you and talk to you about I'm sure some of you 
probably have in the past, or may still do, subscribe to um, CroftPod. I have eyed up CroftPod for years. Like It's been going for a long time. It's a UK-based business, and they send you through these crafting packs um, once a quarter if you sign up for a year's worth and they come through the post so there's nothing to sign for you just get it through your letterbox and they have had some really beautiful things over the years um, it focuses quite heavily on embroidery and sewing which I really enjoy um, because I do crochet knitwear a lot for um, for work Sometimes at night I want to do something that isn't crochet or knitwear or use my hands differently. And so I signed up for a year's worth of um, craft pod. And I'm really impressed with what it is I get. I've only made one of the projects. You get two projects, I think, in each craft pod. And the one that I made was a glasses case, um, which is in black linen. And on one side, I have sewn, um, embroidered a little kind of trio of herb twigs, branches. I don't know, I don't know what you'd call them, twigs. Herb twigs, like lavender and thyme and rosemary. And on the other side, it's a load of little um, violet flowers with leaves. And this probably took me three nights to make this. It was quite... It wasn't a very involved process and it was all hand sewing. So if you are not a machine sewer, I think a lot of the craft pod items you don't actually need a machine for, you can just hand sew. And so that's what I did. Um, so if you've been thinking about getting craft pod, I would say you give it a go. And if you're not sure if you want to subscribe to it, they've got an Etsy shop and you can just go and buy some of the older stock on Etsy. Um... I'm pleased I signed up for the year. I'm kind of excited to see what the summer one will bring. And I actually found on Facebook Marketplace, because we all know I love a bargain. Um, but I found on Facebook Marketplace a lady that was selling a load of crafting items for £20. <laughs> and one of them was a cross-stitch of a cat, which I do not want to do. I will put to the charity shop if I know it's got all the items. Um, but in there she had two craft pod subscriptions um, and it's two of the ones I was really after so worth having a little look on Facebook Marketplace because you might be able to pick them up from there as well haven't found any on eBay um, but I'm I'm really quite impressed with them this is not an advert, they have not sent this to me I just really like, um, like the concept that it comes through the post and that you don't know what it is and I like that they're very quick to make little things that are actually useful, um, or at least one of them is useful. The other one is a little felted lamb that you make and stuff, which I'll make, and I'll try and make it before the next craft pod comes in. Um, but th that will be ornamental for somewhere in the house or, you know, Instagram photos or something. But the glasses case genuinely helpful because I left. I let Matthew have my old glasses case because his just broke and then quickly had to make this one so that I had one. So really enjoyed it. Have a little bit of a look on Etsy and Facebook Marketplace for them because you might be able to pick them up. I'll add a link to their website so that you can see what CraftPod do and what they're up to. And if anybody already gets it and you happen to have the one before the last, 
with the barn owl and you don't want it, please can I buy it from you? Please get in touch because I am desperate for it. It is completely sold out. I can't get it anywhere. It's not on Etsy. And it makes a little scissor case um, with the um, handle holes for the scissors are part of the eye structure of the owl's eyes. It's absolutely beautiful and I can't get it anywhere. So if anybody has got it and you don't want it anymore, please can I buy it from you? Just let me know because I, I really want the barn owl scissor case. I have an obsession with barn owls and um, I'd love to get my little mittens on it. So that's it for on the finished objects um, front. Not a lot, but you'll be able to see why when I show you what I am still working on. I am currently working on my ATL jumper, which is by Ines Rogers, who is Elderberry Farm on Instagram. And it is in... Um, oh, come on, brain, I'm so tired. My brain is not working. It is in... Issue two of Murit. I nearly said episode two there. It's an issue two of Murit. And I am working it up in what I described, maybe unfairly, but I still think it's kind of accurate, as cow poo yellowy greeny orange, uh, not orange, brown last time we were um, podding together. And um, I managed to do my swatch. And I am quite far through. I split for the sleeves uh, last night when I was doing some training online. And I tried it on this morning um, just to see how the fit was. So bear with me because I'm going to strip off a little. And I'm going to put the jumper on so that you can see it. Because I also want to use this to give you a bit of a kind of an old, old dog new tricks. So... Let me pop this on. So there would have been no point in me testing this um, until I had built up the underarm structure. So it's top-down raglan, and what that means is that the increases are coming over four points um, evenly. Um, so you've got the two um, points on each arm. And it increases on a diagonal down towards your underarms from your neck down towards your underarms and then it might be tempting before you split for the sleeves to pinch the underarm section together and see if it's going to fit however more often than not it's better to well it's always better to read ahead in a pattern because usually what happens is on this underarm section you would add a number of stitches so for instance the size I'm making has got 14 extra chains so that's going to make the, the overall circumference of the hole that has been made for my arm to fit through in the underarm quite a bit bigger. And then what I think my preference is to do is to have done that round where you split and create the armholes and then create another extra couple of rounds so you've got the structure there and you can properly test how well it's going to fit and whether you've got enough movement in your underarms. Now, I've mentioned before that I really don't like having tight um, sleeves on my upper arms. I, um, you know, I've got quite large upper arms. And I'm a lady of a certain age that's only going to start having hot flushes. And I already get, like, 
overheated enough as it is and I just don't want to be wearing garments that make me a hot, sweaty mess. So by not having loads of fabric up in my oxters makes me feel a lot happier and it keeps me cooler as well. So this is an area of garment design and making that I am particularly aware of. And I am making my version of the ATL. I'm using the third size up out of 10, I think it is in total. So whilst the um, jumper, the way it's styled on the model for Murat 2 is wearing a much larger size, one of the points of recognition that I've come across um, recently is that actually, whilst I've got quite a large bust, I'm actually quite a column. The rest of my torso is like a column. I've got a very flat back leading into a flat bum and I am quite column coming from my hips um, right the way up. It's just that I've got these flaming massive boobs that skew all of the measurements for garments. And what I've realised is that I actually don't mind having um, slightly tighter garments on my across my chest. But I want them to then scoop in and under my chest and fit really nicely on the stomach and from my under bust and down. So that's why I'm making what might seem like quite a small size of this top. Um, I got gauge and also I noticed that the top has got quite wide, wide sleeves as well, which I don't want. I want to make sure that the underarm hole is enough and that it's um, it's got enough fabric around it so I'm not a hot sweaty mess but I don't want it to be really loose. So by going for the smaller size, I've got something that's actually fitting really quite nicely across my um, chest. It's well fitted. It's probably got like maybe only an inch of positive ease to it. So that's an inch extra fabric to come off of my chest. Um, and that's all. And then I'm going to actually decrease it. For those that can see this, Sorry for the specifics, but the I've worked the, the top and it is now pretty much at my nipples, which means it's time for me to start decreasing because nipples mean the largest part of your boobs, generally, when I've got a bra on. So I can now start doing the decreases and try and stick to the same amount of ease to come right to my under bust and right the way down to my stomach as well. Now, if you're even bigger busted than I am, and I've got a 44 inch um, chest, one of the things that you can do is to um, don't split the front and the back and the underarms evenly. So you can actually create more stitches for the front of your garment and have fewer stitches at the back. Because obviously, when you've taken the chest measurement all the way around, let's say I've done 44, well, I might need let's see not 38 my chest isn't that big but I'm going to need more for the front because it's my boobs that are given that um size than I do for the back now I didn't do that with this top and if I was making it again I would maybe try it and see what that would do and take um whatever I need off redistribute the stitches so that I have fewer on the back the same amount that the pattern requires for my arm and basically push a lot of that fabric 
towards the front to account for my boobs and then do the decreases as well. But I would maybe only do the decreases on the front um, half of the stitches rather than the back because I've already accounted for the lack of boobs on my back basically so it wouldn't need the same um, decreasing being applied to it. So basically be aware of where you would want to decrease and make sure that you've got all of your arm panels in there, all your stitches in and done a couple of rounds because that really lets you try it on, have a check, make sure that it's good and I promise you there's no point in getting so far down with the garment, finishing it, having not checked it and then being utterly disheartened by the fact that it's not the fit that you wanted. I've done that so many times now and um, oh, it just it breaks my heart when you you finish the thing and you're excited to try, try it on and you try it on and it just isn't the way that you imagined it would fit you. So I'm going to keep an eye on my back panels and if I think it's coming out too much, I'm going to rip this back after I've done the, um, the de uh, if, I'll try, sorry. I'm going to try adding the decreases in and taking it down to my underbust. If at that point I feel like the back is still too big, then I am going to rip it back up to before I broke for the armholes and I will bring more stitches to the front and have fewer stitches to the back to get a really nicely fitted jumper because I love this uh, wool. It is 100% British wool. It's called Worth Mill and it's by Woolly Knits. And I had a look, look online and I double checked. 500 grams of this is 18 pounds, but I didn't pay 18 pounds for it. So I will have, hopefully, because <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna run out of wool, but I will have a whole new jumper for well under £20 and it's British wool and that's a bargain. Now the other thing I would say is it looks like the top is quite off the shoulder and it's got quite a wide neckline. Not the case because I still have um, work to do on the neckline here to pull it in a little bit so that will pull it in and I'm kind of tempted to maybe do that um before I continue with the rest of the body because then that will also give me a good idea of how it's going to fit on me, how it's going to sit on my back, where the jumper naturally wants to sit on me. However, so far so good. I'm liking the fit, I'm liking the ease that I've put into this and the key now for me is going to be getting the right decreases um, in and under my bust and making sure that the back isn't flaffy because don't want a flappy backed um, jumper. So more on this next month. I'm hoping to have it um, done by next month. That'd be rather nice because then I'm into pod break in August. So I'd really like to get this done. What is nice is the first time I've really looked at this in detail, like against my skin color. I'm very, I'm very um, pale and very white. And uh, this is a colour that I can wear. I'm like, like, I'm looking in the camera, which might seem quite vain, but I'm liking the the colour combination that I see between that and my brown hair and my very, very almost translucent skin. So good choice, happy with it. 
um, I will let you know how we get on with the garment as we go and I'll be updating more regular bits on Instagram with this garment and kind of talking you through the process and the making of it. So also this is um, the point to where I am mid-boob is um, 200 grams of yarn and it's an add-in weight, it's 200 metres per 100 grams which is 209 yards per 100 grams. I've just broken into my third ball um, and I've got 500 grams so <laughs> I'm going to be just on it for the amount of yarn that I've got but I'll make it, I will make it work. So more on this next month but this is my big um, en route that I've been working on. This is my main project that I've been working on this month. Let me take you through some designs in progress that I have. Um, I'm showing you these two even though they're knitted just to give you an idea because um, my loft cowl is one of, sorry, my loft shawl is one of my most popular designs. I think because it's striped and folk generally love a stripe. So I've been working on a knitted version um, in, as a cowl and I wanted to try to do it in um, two different yarn weights, so four ply and um, DK, and also to do it in three different size options for each yarn weight, so therefore one pattern would have six different um, size options for you, depending on what weight of yarn you've got. Um, so, let me just pop it on. The idea is that it's a super long squishy, warm cowl, which you can also snood if you want, um, or it's a long cowl that you can wear down and also doubles over. And I'm showing you it because the knitted versions have just finished and at some point in the future I will be working on the crocheted versions as well because crocheted loft is a, a popular pattern and I know lots of people um, won't wear shawls but they will wear cowls and it's a great way of using up three complementary coloured skeins of yarn to um, do a bit of a stash bust and it looks well with variegated yarn as well so I shall be working on loft, crocheted lofts um, when? At some point in the future. I don't want to sign up to anything. Um, and the reason I don't want to sign up to anything is because I've just started another training course on grading patterns. So I did the course with Sandra, who's Nomad Stitches, and it was a great initial toe dip into grading and writing patterns. Um, but the one that I'm doing now is like another level. Um, it's by a lady called Julie at work. She's ex-fashion, so she understands um, sizing, ease, um, and she's come from the sewn side of things and is also a, a knitwear designer and deals with crochet, which was really important for me. And um, the, the knowledge base that she's got, even after one night of training is incredible and the amount of support that is there for me as well as somebody who wants to 
put out um, jumper and cardigan patterns is really good. And it was just what I needed. Like I needed that confidence boost to have somebody that can do a little bit of hand-holding with me and to know that, I mean, you all know me. If you're if you're a long-term listener and viewer, you know that I like a deep dive and that I'm really quite thorough with what I do. And the first garment, as in jumper, pattern that I put out, I want it to be size-inclusive. I want it to be, like, aware of boobs and no boobs and stomachs and no stomachs and I want I want it to be workable for people with lots of different body shapes and so the training from Julie and just expertise that she can lend to me is worth every penny basically so watch this space because I am working in the next six weeks on um, my first garment as in my first jumper pattern it's crocheted it's going to be a version of my positivity spiral cowl as as a yoked jumper I'm very excited about it and I've decided that I'm going to do it in John Arbon Textiles Yarnadelic and because it's my first ever jumper I'm going to use my mill special colour that I got to make with them a few years back because it's a gorgeous dark denim blue colour, which I know already lends itself to the to the pattern and to the stitches. And um and I've got it in stash, very importantly. I have five skeins of it in stash, so I am ready to go with this. And um tomorrow I get to start the swatching and make up my first garment which I'm going to size on my own body and then grade down and grade up. So I'm also like pretty pleased that my first jumper pattern is going to be crochet and not knitted. Like that feels that feels right to me and there will be a knitted version of it. But I'm happy that I'm starting with crochet and Julie's happy as well. <laughs> she she messaged me and said it was like yay for um, for a crochet designer being in the class and there's a couple of us in there actually um, so that's really good and nice to hear so I've got six weeks of really intense work ahead of me and um, I'm excited I'm really excited to be looking at making um, jumper patterns it's like the next progression for me I still have lots of accessories and blankets and stuff in me, but I'm like, I want more. I, I want to develop more. I love to learn. And this is a very definite learning curve. Um, it's really hard making garments. It, like, yeah, it's really hard. And um, I am excited about it, but also ever so slightly nervous. So keep an eye on me over on Instagram, on FadeH Designs. Over there I'll be documenting how I get on with that because I think it's like, I would find it interesting to find how a designer is approaching garments for the first time. Um, especially size inclusive graded garments. Um, so I'll be documenting it over there and I will let you know how I'm getting on with it podcast next month and give you an update on how my garment is going 
So the next thing I want to take you through is um <laughs> so tired. So so tired. So the next bit is feeding habit and I um have done a yarn swap with fibre friend Jess who's based in Australia and we were having a discussion about um, mohair and many of you if you've watched the last few podcasts will see that um, I've been on a bit of a floof kick and she was telling me about um, wagtail yarns who are based out in Australia and they've got mohair that is not um, laceway as so much of it is and that she really loved and um, so we agreed to do a yarn swap and she sent me loads of gorgeous mohair and I've sent her over some British mohair and also some other British breed stuff as well. So like this stuff is beautiful, it's silky soft and the colours are really deep. So I'm holding up two skeins and this is their four ply. So it's a heavy four ply at 375 metres, 410 yards per 100 grams. And one of them is a deep, deep teal blue and it's got such a shine on it, it's beautiful. And the other one is called soft rust. So dark teal, they're called dark teal and soft rust. I mean, they're me colours, they're a little bit of me love them and they're so beautiful when they're paired together as well and um that really really beautifully soft and it's 100 percent fine kid mohair she also sent me because they do all sorts of ranges in their um in their mohair so they also do a two ply lace weight which is 198 meters or 208 yards for 25 grams so that's a little bit closer to the kind of um kids hill case floof that you would get but again it is um just mohair it doesn't have any of the silk in here but it has uh, this very definite fiber halo that comes off of it so it's, it's really similar, but it's not going to floof up just quite as much as like your standard um, mohair silk floof would. But it's got really similar properties in that it doesn't have a lot of give to it. It's there to give structure and a bit of halo and this gorgeous um, silky luster to it. So they've got a lace weight, they've got the four ply, and they also do a seven ply DK or light worsted which is 125 metres, 136 yards for 50 grams. So I would say that's a, like a standard MDK in the UK. And that is a variegated one, which Jess tells me they don't do lots of, but they have like a few skeins. And this one is in like really bright purple, uh, um, going into lighter violet. That same dark teal that I had in the full skein, um, going into a lighter teal and uh, some of the natural greyish colour as well. So it's really quite unusual to see um, a mohair like that, which is just mohair, actually is variegated. Um, I can't think of any other supplier that I know of that um, that does that. And then she also sent me some mohair um, light cord in a very, very mustard colour. She couldn't have chosen better um, colours if she tried. And that has got like some proper tensile strength to it, this cord. Um, so there's just a few metres of that. And I'm not sure what I'll do with that other than I might 
introduce it into some weaving or um, I want to do a big macrame piece for outside in the garden so it might be a little pop of colour into that macrame piece but it's just really beautiful stuff she also sent me chocolates and I can't show you them because it got wolfed very quickly I whomped them down they were lush um, but like, the mohair is really beautiful so I am working on a little secret project with Claudia and I'm thinking that the um, the lace weight mohair might just fit really nicely into my little secret squirrel project with her. Um, and that one's called copper, and it is like proper copper colour. It's lovely. And then um, wagtail yarns. I'm about to get um, into the shop Yarnology, which is an Australian-based magazine, and I want to submit something to them. They're tutorial-based. Um, and they kind of are open for submissions um, but you need to it's not like writing up a design and a pattern for them it's a totally different format and I figured well what better way to submit them with uh, Australian yarn from an Australian magazine even if I'm from the other side of the world it'd be really amazing to represent wagtail yarns um, for an Australian magazine so I need to get the magazine in my hands, double check what it is they're after, but um, I'm, these might go into submission for Yarnology for another amazing crafting title that um, I will have shortly. It is imminent. Um, so if you're interested in that, that will be in the shop as soon as I've got it. I've actually already opened up pre-orders for issues one and two, and hopefully they will be like their days away. Should be nice. Um, yeah, that was it for incoming, was it? Yeah, that was it for incoming. I'm trying to be kind of good with yarn. I checked in with Matthew the other day. He was up when I was cleaning out my stash a little bit and I showed him just how much yarn I have. And I was like, do you care? And he went, no. Does it make you happy? Yes. And he was like, well, great then. <laughs> so... Like he genuinely doesn't care how much yarn I've got so long as I'm just a happy bunny. So the danger point is that I'm going to the John Arbon Textiles Open Mill weekend. Not this weekend, but the weekend after. And I'll be vending there for three days, surrounded by John Arbon Textiles yarn and um, Daughter of a Shepherd Rachel will be there as well. So that feels dangerous to me. And I know they've got mill specials and they've been um, working with loads of people that wholesale their yarn and dye it and they've got lots of that yarn available like variegated stuff that you wouldn't normally get from John Arbon Textiles so there will be there will be temptation um, the weekend after next but we'll see special things might might come home with me let's see what happens um, but for now I'm going to be dreaming up ideas for um, mohair yarns and what I can do with them. I'd love to know if you've come across um, wagtail yarns before, what have you done with them? Um, or if you've come across like 100% mohair yarns. I know in the UK we've got um, Whistlebear and theirs is 80% mohair and 20% Wensleydale. But does anybody know of anyone that just does mohair that is UK based? Or if you're kind of Australia side, were you aware of 
my tail yarns because I can tell you <laughs> this is like super soft and really lovely um, wool uh, yarn. Yarn because it's Angora isn't it? It's gold, not sheep. So final bit is quick news bits. And just to say that the global hookups for June are going to be on the 18th and 19th. On the 18th um, BST at 8pm and on the 19th BST at 9am. Um, ordinarily they would have been a week before but I'm at the John Urban weekend. So hence why they are 18th and 19th of June. I hope to see you there. Um, oh, I'm just I'm flicking through my diary, and if anybody's interested, I'm on a darning workshop, a learn to do darning, with Flora Collingwood Norris. I'll pop a link into the show notes. She's a Scottish um, knitwear designer, and she does the most stunning, and it really is beautiful work. Um, Swiss darning, all sorts of darning so repairs on woolens so great for the sustainability of your woolens and um, she makes it look kind of like tartan with the Swiss darning and she does bits and pieces with um, flowers coming up through the cashmere it's like it's some of the most gorgeous visible mending I think I've ever seen um, so I'm doing a workshop on Zoom with her on Thursday the 23rd it's from 6 till 9 it's a paid for workshop and they send you through little <clears throat> mini skeins of cashmere so if you're interested in visible mending um, and you want to do some training on it then Flora Collingwood Norris is doing training it was not particularly cheap training but you know what she's an expert in her field and why should it be cheap she's a maker and she's doing beautiful work and you get this um these little nuggets of cashmere through the post it's really lovely and it's a life skill to have so i happily happily paid for it um but if you're interested in that sort of thing and you want to learn to do some visible mending i'll provide a link in the show notes for you to have a look at and i think that's it yeah we're done that feels like quite a short podcast. I'm sorry. Um, but that's kind of what happens when you're working on a garment because it's like one set of wool and it's one big project. And also I'm shattered after uh, staying up very late to do the training this morning. I think I went to bed at two o'clock this morning. So my brain isn't really working. <laughs> but I have to record today because it's the bank holiday weekend. So um, yeah, apologies if it's a bit short. Um, but there's not a lot I can do about it. It just is what it is. Right, my lovely people. I shall see you all next month. I'm on Instagram if you need me for anything. It'd be lovely to chat with you over there. Um, come and see what I'm doing with that garment with the ATL um, top. Come and talk to me about um, kind of how that garment is made up and um, have a good if you're UK based have a really good bank holiday weekend which is going to be on as you are probably watching this and I shall see you all in a month's time and that is the last month before I then have my August break so I might have to go and sleep now because I'm so tired lovely to see you all and spend some time um, thank you for coming and joining me and um 
thank you for listening and I shall be with you again soon. I am waving. Bye.